You're listening to Beyond Infinity, your weekly dose of science and technology, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So if you enter a country through an airport these days, uh, facial recognition technology is used, uh, especially in Australia and, and other affiliated countries or countries that are, have got an agreement as far as this technology is concerned. It's a smart passport. There's a chip in your, in your mm. passport. You scan your passport. Facial recognition confirms that your face ID, that biometric data from your face, matches up perfectly with the data that's recorded on the chip in your passport and you go through and you don't actually have to speak to a, a, an immigration officer at yep. the time. Sometimes it doesn't work. I was recently <laughs> doing it. And there were people who were just sort of randomly, uh-uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. You go, go and have to queue up in that line. A recent trip home from the States, I think half the machines were down and there was a massive line to try and get through. And so it's just it's amazing to see when it does work properly, you fly through. Yeah. When it doesn't work, then it's, you know, you can be waiting an hour. Well, yeah. at Bali Airport, they've got a whole bank of these things and it's all, and they've all got green lights sort of saying, come and use these. Yeah. And yet, and someone actually broke out of the line to go and see a person because they saw it and they saw a list of countries include the Australian flag on a mm-hmm. big screen. So go over there and there's a guy there yeah go for it just kept trying to scan the passport like mm-hmm. multiple times didn't work so yeah, yeah. so anyway so there's there, there can be loopholes and uh, technical issues that affect the uh, the performance of this sort of system but not only does your face or your fingerprints or even your iris which is scanned in certain countries of the world these are all ways of absolutely making rock solid per, you know mm-hmm. guaranteed certainty that you are the person you're supposed to be and that you've got a, a very they've got record of who you are and they yeah. can ID I think you. It was a handprint I had in Malaysia it was thumbprints in um, in the US. Mm. I don't and think it's iris any... scans in Japan. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. As well as fingerprints. But they don't do the smart passports, at least not for Australia. But another biometric signature that exists is, you know, say you're, you know, maybe you're a protester in Hong Kong and you've been wearing a hat and you're not allowed to anymore, but you, they'd still do it. And you're wearing a mask to conceal who you are. Well, and I don't know whether the technology, in fact, you get the feeling that probably they haven't got it working properly yet in Hong Kong because otherwise they wouldn't have the insistence and made it actually made it illegal to cover up your face mm-hmm. over there because they want they need the face ID to technology to work to mm-hmm. be able to you know uh, uh, arrest you crowd, yeah. yeah another way that they can work out who's who without seeing your face is from your gait the way you walk mm. but i don't think this is in widespread use it, it is possible and there's actually been a study done It's been published in the Journal of Applied Physiology. It's French and Australian researchers working together to to use algorithms to work out whether unique personal muscle patterns do indeed exist. And the answer is they do. So another thing that makes you unique is the way your muscles actually work in concert together. And it was really interesting with this podcast on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au, we'll include a link to this research because the full report is available and it's uh, it's you know probably fairly heavy going, but it's it's interesting reading. So what they did was they they got a bunch of volunteers, they put them on stationary bicycles, um, they wired them up, and they adjusted the pedals and handlebars so that everyone's riding style would be the same. And then the electrodes got attached to eight muscles on the volunteers' legs. These electrodes were designed to read and record electrical activities in those muscles while they contracted. Then the the volunteers cycled for 90 seconds, multiple times at a range of different speeds. 
Then they, they moved to treadmills, still with the same electrodes, uh, walking barefoot, again doing 90-second strolls. And then several days later, the, the same thing was repeated. So they had sort of two lots of data to compare. And they used artificial intelligence and machine learning to analyze the data that mm-hmm. they had. Mm-hmm. They found that the AI worked really well and it was able to accurately recognize anonymous movement patterns more than 99% of the time when using readouts from all eight muscles. And even when it considered activity from only two muscles, it knew the muscles owners more than 80% of the time. So wow. very, very accurate. Um, that, that, and the way that machine learning works is that for the first few examples, the program was told which readouts belong to which person mm-hmm. and directed the program to learn that person's muscular activation style. And then from, from that sort of learning, then they did it, they anonymized the data for mm-hmm. the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And, and they still got that 99% when all eight muscle groups were used, 80% when, when only two out of so, eight. So I imagine that's the sort of thing that if a video, a closed circuit TV camera has captured someone you know, causing disturbance or theft or robbery, break it, whatever the, the crime happens to be, then they can run that through an algorithm like this. And then in future, should that, that same movement, that muscular movement come up, then it'll send a ping and say, you know, here we are, just like your DNA evidence is recorded and, and you know, might be retested in future and can be matched against other crimes. I mean, I guess because they've got facial recognition technology and, you know, you get asked to take your glasses off. If you go into an airport or you, you go through, you know, about to get in a plane or something, they might ask you to take your glasses off so that the facial recognition technology can work. So given that that's installed and it works very effectively, mm. what would be the reason for using it, something that can analyse your gait? Well, I guess if you're the Hong Kong authorities and you mm. want to find people are covering up their faces when they're not supposed to, then maybe this is another way of IDing who people are. Yeah. But I think it's, it hasn't got quite to that point. And I think the, the, the researchers involved in this study, they're pointing more towards use for robotics, robotic applications, mm-hmm. because... Reinsert uh, that data back into the physical movement of ro- robotics. Yes, yeah. and, and understanding how movement is controlled. That has a lot of benefits for various scientific fields. The yeah, way artificial people, limbs and hands and legs. Yes, yeah. ro- prostheses, the way people walk, pedal, hold a glass could enable scientists to improve and refine robotics, prosthetics, physical therapy, and personalized exercise programs. Mm. So these are the kind of, well, well less less um, um, draconian or less um, uh, surveillance-orientated mm-hmm. uh, applications of this kind of, of study. So what the relationships are between certain muscle activation patterns and Achilles tendon problems, for example. Achilles tendon uh, issues are very common learning and understanding what, what sort of, you know, that person has a characteristic gait groups of people who have a similar gait they all have tendon problems i mean what a great way to to help athletes elite athletes so it could be of interest to you know sporting institutes around the world and the other thing that that one of the scientists involved in this a dr hug said that differences in the way people move and respond to an intervention are often ignored but they matter for addressing fundamental questions about health, aging, and disease. And it's that, it's that immutable exceptionalism. It's like your fingerprint, like your iris, like your face. These are things that are biometric information that make you, you, and they're unique to you. Mm-hmm. And so same with the way your muscles work in groups and uh, coordinate with each other. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.